You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Joe Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. Great conversation with Father Michael Kapperman, first half hour. Man, that's great. He was in the store the other day, and you can just see the joy. Right. right. I love it when you can see that. Yeah, you know, and he's, um, yeah, I always (laughs) always think, you know, being a priest's got to be tough. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, having two brothers that are priests and spending a lot of time around them. I mean, there is a tremendous joy. Uh, but I was really empowered or encouraged to hear about his uh, conversation around the brotherhood of of the priesthood. And I think it's such an important element. In t- the time of the church that we live in today, um, you know, that priests have all of the tools in their toolbox that they need to live well, mm-hmm. I think is really important. We've found that institutions in society are kind of crumbling, mm-hmm. kind of like uh, maybe Rome 1,500 years ago. The family seems to be broken at a fairly extensive rate. Um, politics certainly mm-hmm. <laughs> seems uh, well, think I it's broken. Well, I just feel like the, the devil's really after our priests. Well, I, well huh, sure. The sh- you know, you even go back to the Old Testament, Ezekiel, mm-hmm. and Ezekiel talks about, uh, you know, the shepherds and how... You know, the shepherds got fat and didn't take care of the sheep and kind of lost their vocation, their calling, their mission, Mm -hmm. their responsibilities. Um, And certainly that's got to be a tool of the devil, right? Knock knock off the head and the body crumbles with it, right? And if you have a spiritual leader, if you have the priest, the one offering sacrifice and being present uh, as the go-between between God and, and the faithful, uh, you knock that out, and it's going to be tough. But I also think in some ways, though, it also puts back to say, well, wait a minute. What's our responsibility as laity here? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll tell you one thing I know from my brothers is there's a lot of a lot of priests that feel like the laity just expect them to do everything. Oh. Uh, I yeah. mean, the reality is, is the priest doesn't live my faith. Right. <laughs> it, the, the priest doesn't now. So that aspect, I think, is in, in today's age uh, where we kind of no longer live in a Christian society like we once did. It stops and it says, well, what does that mean for me and how ought I to live mm-hmm. in today's world that doesn't seem to carry that Christian ethos in it any longer? The family's broken. Politics is broken. And now the church is broken in a way maybe that is more evident now than uh, previously we we thought, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's all the way up to the top that this thing seems to be broken. And so in light of that, I just kind of think it's worth uh, being attentive to our priests and listening to them and saying, all right, are they healthy? How are they doing? And us just being attentive to them. They don't yeah. need us snooping into all their business all right. the time, but I do know they're single men, right? Yeah. Now they're married to the church and, but that idea that says as a human person, um, we want to be attentive to them mm-hmm. in a way that's healthy. And when you just are attentive and you observe and you say, oh, look at how happy he's. Oh, boy, man, he must be happy, Father. Yep, yep. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that's because as a faithful, I'm being observant of my, my shepherd, yeah. right? My leader and saying, oh, man, look how happy he must be. And then also being attentive and saying, oh, you know what? Sometimes they might not be doing well. Well, who's, for a priest, who is it that they can find companionship with, right? It's their brother priests. And whenever I see other priests having healthy relationships with their brother priests, I just get it. I just get happy. I'm like, yes, you know, they got a place. Mm-hmm. They have a family. They have a home. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, up in the cities, there's a community of pre- dos and priests that live together. And mm-hmm. I just thought, man, that's me. If I was, if yeah. was going to go continue being a priest, you know, I'd really struggle living by myself out in Harriet. Uh, right. And not because it's Harriet, but because I, I'm a, I'm like on a disc inventory. I'm like the far top right corner. Like yeah. I am as social butterfly and balloon without a string as you get. And you put me in isolation. And when I struggle with my weaknesses, mm. I can turn in on myself and become more isolated. Well, in a marriage, you have a spouse that is com- always attentive to you and can read you and, and, and that you can find companionship with. And for diocesan and priests, I believe it's very important that that fraternity amongst their brother priests uh, is there. So, yep, fa- father's doing great. You know, as we think about the responsibility of the priest, responsibility of the laity, all of us as Christians following Christ our Lord, we think, all right, how are we living? And maybe we could chat a little bit, uh, Heather, about... Advent, mm-hmm. the liturgical seasons that the church gives to us to kind of order our day, to yeah. order our week, our month, our year. And this liturgical calendar gives us two periods in the year that are, you know, a little bit about reordering mm-hmm. our humanity and our, our, our spirituality and our, our way of walking and living with Christ. Lent is the most popular one that people think of, oh yeah, we got to give something up and oh yeah, we're supposed to increase our own. But Advent is a second, it's like a mini Lent. Right. Advent isn't, isn't like, oh, this different season in a sense that like, no, it's very much like a little Lent. We're to be preparing. Preparing for what? Well, we're not preparing for the resurrection like we do during Lent. We're preparing for the birth of Christ. And there's two births, two, two, two comings that we're preparing for. First, we're celebrating and entering into the timeless incarnation of Christ at his first birth, right? Mm-hmm. Where he first comes into the world. But we're also preparing for the second coming. And so mm-hmm. as we think about that, and we say, all right, yeah, we're, we're preparing for Christ's second coming. What is it about Advent that we do or that, that we can encourage one another to do? We can treat it like a Lent. Mm-hmm. How am I, what am I doing in my prayer life to kind of sharpen my spiritual tool chest? You know, do I have that rosary in there that, that uh, I want to kind of get back, back in order and, and get ordered? Maybe it's Sunday liturgy, maybe with the TV masses and some of these things that we haven't been in person or we, we have conditions that don't permit us to get back in person to mass, but yet we're, we've been at home and not attentive. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there's some prayer things that we need to get reordered during this Advent as we spend the next four weeks preparing for the coming of Christ a second time when he comes again. How am I, will I be ready? Right. And then, and then almsgiving, right? We just had Giving Tuesday, right? right. <laughs> Real Presence just had their great banquet last night. And here we are, you know, raising money and well, yeah. good. This is a perfect time. Not only did Real Presence get Giving Tuesday, but you did it during Advent. <laughs> right. 
man, almost like you guys, somebody thought through this, right? I know, right? And so here you have, you have almsgiving. And how is it that I am giving of my time, talent, and treasure to, to help me be less selfish, right? Like mm-hmm. we said, to turn out from myself and to be a service to Christ through others in others. And then that third one uh, of fasting. And I think that's the, miss, that's the hidden gem, right? That, you know, fasting is so powerful, but boy, is it hard. And people don't think of it. Yeah, yeah, it's often. It's kind well, of or they just think about it. And I think that fasting can be much more practical in lots of different ways. Like just simply saying, you know, do we fast? How about this? When I wake up, instead of the first thing I do in the morning, I'm not going to make my cup of coffee, but I'm going to pray. And so what I do is I, I get my cup of coffee, then I go pray in the morning. Mm. What if I'm going to fast from that order? I'm going to reorder right. those things. That can be a fast. Yeah. I'm holding off on my, my morning coffee until after my prayer to prioritize mm-hmm. and put Christ first during my morning. Those little ways, that's a fast. Yeah. And, and it, it trains trains us. It trains our flesh, our body, so that it lives more according to the proper ordering of our humanity and our spiritual life in relationship to Christ first, Hmm. right? Christ first, not me first. First thing I want to do in the morning is think about me. I mean, I think about me and it's like, (laughs) I need my cup of coffee. And so here's what I started doing just a a month ago or so. I intentionally now focus on getting my wife her cup of coffee first. Wow. It was a small change. It's really changed the way that I serve my wife. Really? Yes, absolutely. 100%. It's changed my heart. It's changed my mind. I don't resent doing it anymore. I used to resent it. Like, oh, God, I got to go get my wife a cup. You know, whatever. I got to, I want my, you know, no, I didn't make you a cup of coffee. I got my, you know. (laughs) I mean, what in the world's wrong with me, right? But this is us, right? We're broken in lots of different ways. And I think there's fear and selfishness are always the two things I think are at play. And Advent's a time for us to reorient those. To take those fears, bring them to the light and say, here's where I'm scared. Here's where I'm fearful. I'm fearful of failure. Mm. I'm fearful of not getting my work done. I'm fearful of not raising my kids kids right. What if my kids don't practice their faith? They're eight years old now. My goodness. By the time they're 18, what are they going to be doing? Oh, or, you know, those fears. Or selfishness. Man, I just, all, if I'm honest, all I do is think about myself. Does it, is it, what's in it for me? Yeah. This is the time of year where we can have a mini Lent. And we can reorient ourselves as we await the coming of the Messiah. And we celebrate that first coming and that incarnation of Christ, God's presence among us, his mercy, his redemption, the humility by which he comes to be present to us. And then we think about, we lay that template over the second coming of Christ. Mm. And we say, he's coming again, folks. Get ready. Get ready. I know dang well I'm never ready. Like I'm 15 seconds <laughs> so late for everything, right? The and it's like, gosh, get ready. It. The only person I hope's late when my time comes is the devil, right? Mm. I hope he misses the thing. Like, oh, oh, dang it. Oh, darn. Right? <laughs> and we can prepare through that ordering during this liturgical season of Advent as Beautiful. we await the coming of Christ. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have more banter. That's all right, Joe. He's drinking Amen. coffee. Amen. <laughs> I'm drinking out of my Rutten Radio Ooh, coffee mug it, here. Which was so on this morning. If you need a little Christmas <laughs> gift. Rutten Radio. So, so, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's keep going. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Joe Rutten. And we're having a great conversation this morning about Advent. Yes, Advent. It it is... uh... (laughs) I always say Lent. Ad, ad Lent. <laughs> I, or, always, I always miss it. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, it's Lent. Well, it is a mini Lent. It is a mini it Lent. It is a mini Lent. So as we take a look at this mini Lent, you know, I, I think, all right, so for listeners out there, how can you do this? Um, St. Benedict is very, very much about action. He's not like, oh, we don't just sit and think virtue we don't just mm. think this you know you mm-hmm. you do virtue right you mm-hmm. it's an it's a way of living of, of making choices and so what i might propose for listeners out there during this advent is to think of your preparations this advent in in the preparations for the coming of the christ as a, a choice between two paths so when you wake up when you are in front of decisions in your day, when you're at work, when you're putting your kids to bed, when you're dealing, you know, maybe you're out there listening from the nursing home and the nurse is coming in to, you know, shoot you with a needle to draw blood or something. And Mm -hmm. you're like, this is the worst. Um, How do I respond to the circumstances of my day? So we would propose that we have external circumstances, which we oftentimes cannot control. 
Then we have our internal response to those circumstances, which we can control. How this Lent are we strengthening our internal life to live a mixed in a healthy and happy and fulfilled way, the external storm. Well, and I think that's an interesting point because we spend so much time trying to change the external. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Isn't this the thing? I, I believe this is part of the problem with politics. Is politics is too, well, the, maybe, maybe the role of politics, right? Mm-hmm. If, if our sole goal is political uh, control in order to form uh, social society, we can only do that in an external way. You can't, I mean, from a, typically politicians aren't forming my interior life. Right. Now, right. the apparatus and structures that we set up in society do uh, facilitate or pr- provide a more conducive way of living that is in, 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 uh, in line with truth justice, goodness, and beauty, for sure. Mm-hmm. But in and of themselves, the political apparatus doesn't make me a better person. Right. right. Right? So how do we go about that? Well, might I propose that the great gift of God in human choice, free will, our ability to choose our actions and our becoming. Think about this, this Lent. Not what do I desire to become or what do I think I'm... What decisions am I making that are actually... is me becoming something. Hmm. Me intentionally choosing to get my wife her coffee first is an action of intention where I am becoming something because I do it. Hmm. What am I becoming? Well, I'm becoming, hopefully, more selfless, more servant-oriented, more thoughtful and conscientious of others' needs. Um... There's just a couple of real benefits right there. Simply by changing the order in which I'm making coffee in the morning. Yeah. Now, I have, where do I begin with that? Well, well, I would propose we begin in our mind. But our mind might not always be excited about it. <laughs> right? And, and our emotions definitely are going to rebel. They're going to be like, what in the H-E double hockey sticks are you doing? She's capable you- of getting her own coffee. <laughs> Yeah, she can get up out of bed. What does she want? You just laying there watching cartoons with the kids in bed thinking I should be serving her? Damn, any Christmas. What does she want? I suppose she expects me to mow the lawn and do the laundry too or something, right? Right. So here we are. It's a mental thing where I know, but knowledge alone doesn't transform us. I've known all kinds of virtuous good things that I was supposed to do, and I couldn't do them for, you know. Yeah. So, so knowing is, is a step one. So that's an intellectual capacity. I know what is true, good, beautiful, just, and I seek to accomplish that. So I set this plan. All right, Joe, you're going to make your wife's cup of coffee first, no matter what. All right? Tired, lazy, whatever. Wife's first. Even if she's sleeping, make hers first and leave it sit there. If it gets cold, then she knows you really love her, right? Now... I do that, so I've, I've worked my mind. And this is what the scripture calls us to, a transformation, a, conform, a, a conforming of our mind to the Lord. So we begin in the mind and we orient it toward Jesus as a servant leader. Serving, all right? Then our will, we make a choice with our will. And the more we repeatedly do this, we form habits mm-hmm. of excellence that we call virtue. And that's the path we want to seek during Advent. Are we choosing paths of excellence? 
Are we being virtuous? And the wisdom tradition, the ancient wisdom tradition of the Hebrews talks about this. Vanity, vanity. Oh, thou vanity. Well, what is vanity? It's a selfish interning of one Mm -hmm. on themselves by which they are worried about superficial realities. Right? Instead of what? Vanity or virtue. Thinking of others living in relationship to an excellent excellent way of being that forms us as people in a virtuous way. But lots of traditions talk about them. There's, there's uh, a popular author uh, that talks about consciousness and unconsciousness. Do we just kind of live unconsciously or are we living mm-hmm. conscious of our realities? Uh, you, wisdom, wisdom is, wisdom is often taught. Wisdom, um, there's a Cherokee proverb about wolf, the two wolves feeding the good wolf and the bad wolf. We talk about the good angel, the bad angel. These mm-hmm. are all just ways in which we express that as humans, we have free will. We have the capability of choosing who we become by the choices that we make. And we either become more according to how we were created to be. And if in turn we do that, we will receive interior strength, peace, joy, happiness, fulfillment, like we talked about with Father Kappaman. Mm-hmm. Right. Or we can be vice and we can choose ourselves. And then what we're going to find is a detachment, a disordered nature within us. We're going to find more chaos and confusion and anxiety and unrest, lack of peace of mind. And so at Advent, no matter what's going on around us, coronavirus, death, whatever it might be, sickness, abuse, poverty, all of those are external circumstances. Right. Our internal life is what we want to do. We want to strengthen. We want to train it. The great, great Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, the great philosophers talked about training ourselves. Mm. But we really struggle to train ourselves much anymore. We don't Humanity. even think about it. No, anymore. no, no. And so this idea during Lent, I'd really encourage our listeners, how can we better train ourselves? What are small little acts we can do for prayer, almsgiving, and fasting? That I don't want I don't want you to give up candy. I don't want you to give up coffee. I want you to change the order of something. Right. I want you to change how about I get my wife the cup of coffee first before mine? I don't want you to give up coffee. Well maybe that's what the Lord's calling well, you to. But. And I, I love how you've made it so simple that this one action and changing the order you do things and then all the fruits that have come out of that. One small change. Simplicity. I really believe that the simple life is the healthy life. The more complex we get, I think the more, the more we think our human constructs are doing this, that it's my will that's accomplishing <laughs> this and not God's grace, right? Yeah. All and only in God's grace is this life possible. And we know that it's perfection actually isn't possible until the next life, but it is, God does permit through his grace us to achieve excellence. And when we do this well, we call it holiness, sanctus, saintly. And that's the path we seek to become saints. This is the great call of Vatican Council II. This is the great call of our popes. This is the great call of the church that we are all called to the vocation of holiness. And that begins in small ways, in little acts. And I'd leave you with this. Let us do it in reflection upon Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa, Saint Mother Teresa, who mm-hmm. says, if you want the world to be happy, go home and love your family. Go home and love your family. So what can I do at home? Right? Mm-hmm. Call on God. 
ask his grace to be present, and then just think about what's one or two little ways that I can reorder my life this Advent so that each week as we get closer to Christmas, we're going to be able to experience and realize the kingdom of Christ, not just as like this external reality, which it is, but as an internal encounter with so, Jesus. Real quick, how has it changed your relationship from Laura Beth's side? That's, oh, oh Lord have mercy. She's probably out there listening. She's like, he hasn't made me a cup of coffee in three <laughs> days. What's he talking about? Um, you know, that's interesting. I, it would be worth asking her and just saying, number one, Laura, have you noticed you know, it's very possible that she has, but it's also possible that she hasn't, right? Mm-hmm. Well, man, he's really, this is great. Like, I'm at, um, but I don't, I can't control how, I can't control her, right? I can't, right. I can't change, but I know what it's done for me and that it has made it so that I don't resent some actions of service to my wife. Hmm. And I, you know, maybe everybody out there is a better husband or a, a spouse humanity, than I am. Joe. But like, you know, it's like I'm really selfish. I don't want to do this. No, I don't. We're wanna, all I, in that boat. And to to just do something small like that is actually changed so that I my emotions are following, right? That they're 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 following, and now they have been oriented and ordered to the life of Christ. Beautiful. We're going to take a quick break, Joe. Quick break, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Monsignor Charles Ming and will be with us. Stay tuned. <laughs> 